0: radio in san francisco this is flashpoints i'm dennis bernstein today on the show we spend the entire hour with pulitzer prize winning author alice walker all this coming up straight ahead stay tuned To Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Bernstein. We are delighted to spend uh, this hour with a good friend of this show and uh, somebody who I consider a friend, Alice Walker. Uh, we studied with the same poetry teacher in Muriel Rukaiser, Uh and um, we have a lot in common. She has been on the front line fighting for Julian Assange, uh, and uh, that is a part of the discussion that we had with Alice, and we are proud to bring it to you now. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We broadcast every weekday from 5 to 6 from the Bay Area over the Pacifica Radio Network. That's Free Speech KPFA in the Bay. And we are very excited to have with us uh, an old, I could say, I guess an old friend of this show, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author Alice Walker. Uh, Alice Walker uh, has a list of credits and wonderful creations that go. Very long. I could take up half the show uh, listing them, but uh, needless to say, uh, we're happy to have you with us, Alice. Welcome back to Flashpoints.
1: Hi, Dennis. It's great to be back.
0: <laughs> it's good to have you back. Well, uh, I'm really excited. Let's let's start uh, with uh, the... Good news, uh, which is that you have this new book. It's called Sweet People Are Everywhere. Um, And I want to ask you, in a way, about uh, this research. Um, So you're convinced it's compelling? You are sure? I know you've traveled widely, that there are sweet people everywhere?
1: There are. There absolutely are. And I wanted younger people to know that before they travel, because then they might not want to kill the people when they get there. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of the short answer.
0: Um, Oh, you can go on a little longer.
1: Yeah. Well, a a friend brought a young man to my house some years ago, a musician uh, who was on his way to China, and he'd never been out of the country. He didn't have a passport, and he was getting a passport. Uh, And I wanted to write something for him to help him feel comfortable in China. And one of the things I said to him was that there are musicians, many, many musicians in China, Um, and so you right away have your own group in a way, Uh, and also not to be concerned about the government who's actually, quote, leading the people because they will be usually so unlike the rest of the people as to be almost unrecognizable, Um, and that's one of the things we really need to, to teach our young about traveling the world. Uh, Before they go there as soldiers, you know, that the people wherever you are are pretty much, you know, like the people you leave behind.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the more you get to know these other people, you realize that there aren't really others, that they're variations on us, uh, uh, they have lives, uh, that are deeply valued by their family members, uh, and their communities, and they don't, they're not interested in sort of being blown up or being saved, uh, uh, oftentimes by the West, and, uh, obviously, uh, you know, it is, it is a beautiful book. I, I did see uh, the reading that's on the website uh, that you did. Uh, the the visualizations, the colors are exquisite, uh, and and children really do appreciate books, don't they?
1: Yeah, well, I did. You? Yeah.
0: Well, I, was a child.
1: Uh, I- lived in the ones that that we we had. We didn't have many, but I definitely found a home in them, and I got to live in the 18th century and the 19th century, I mean the 17th century, uh, just by reading. And I realized what magic it was, and that, too, is what I would like us to, you know, give to our children and our grandchildren.
0: It it is so interesting. I, You know, I spent a, a number of years teaching, and teaching very young children and really a lot of teaching is reading with children
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and I can tell you that these kids did not like to have their stories interrupted um, Would you? Uh, no absolutely not uh, and you know and I, I made them memorize poems too the the 6th graders hated it until they loved it um, but uh you, so, it it is a special thing to write for children, huh? And that's well, something you really enjoy.
1: I I do, uh, but also this was this was really just a uh, just a poem. It was a poem in my last collection of poetry, and I I hadn't envisioned it as a children's book. In fact, the publisher Tra, which I'd never heard of, uh, approached me for you know to make this into um, a book. And, of course, I said yes, because I wanted to, to just work with someone, an artist, to, to see what he would paint, he or she would paint. Uh, and it became such a beautiful collaboration. Uh, and and I think we'll be doing another book together soon based on yet another poem.
0: Nice. And, it, uh, again, it, it is so simply beautiful. And, the, essentially, you you take us a, on a little journey around the world uh to meet all the different people who are sweet. <laughs> uh, and it, it is a model because uh, we're taught to hate that, what's that song, that theater? Oh, God, we're, you have to learn how to hate. Oh, so yeah, I know. In mind. That, yeah, but uh, but- <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> i'm sorry about that well let, let me tell people we are it is true we are speaking with alice walker you know, you're listening to her on flashpoints on pacifica radio uh, alice we're happy to have you with us i, w- I want to talk to you if i could sort of split the interview uh not that it's a good thing to split one part of life from another but i mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about what's been going on with Assange and then I want to maybe move it a little bit more to literary and talk about some of the work you've done extraordinary work you've done including uh, helping to rediscover Zeraniel Hurston which Mm -hmm. the world will never get over and thanks you again and again Um, but you have been uh Very outspoken about Julian Assange. You're on, uh, I believe, a national committee or an organizing committee to call attention. You've written uh, publicly uh, in major places about um, Assange. Tell us what you see as the heart of the matter. What's at stake? Why are you out there fighting uh, for this man's freedom?
1: Well, because he's telling the truth about things we need to know. And things that can actually help us save our own lives. If we know what our military is doing, uh, we may possibly decide not to join it, either in activity or in thought. And that's major. And he has a right to do that. He has a right to expose. Um, he and Chelsea Manning, they have a right to expose these awful, quote, secrets that we're not supposed to know about, even though we're sending our children, uh, you know, far away to places they never heard of, to be slaughtered. So I very much appreciate what he's done. And now, Dennis, the other yes, thought about on. him that I had just today, about why they hate him so much, I mean, the ones who try to, you know, kill him, basically... You know, Julian is very, very white-looking, uh, and he looks like the archetype, in a way, <laughs> of this image <laughs> of the white man that they think of as the one who would never turn evidence against them. And somewhere in that heart of theirs, or whatever is passing for the heart, realizes that this is such a shock You know, here's this person who looks like he is really one of them, and yet he's not. I mean, he is someone who who sees what they're doing and is courageous enough to tell the world. Now, this is really wonderful, and it's really huge. And it's a part of this puzzle about why they're so set basically on killing him. Uh, They want to just put him out of sight, out of mind, because they do not want to think that someone who looks so much like them
0: is so not like them. Well, they certainly don't like him uh, and he has, um, based on a certain kind of genius, a journalistic genius, he devised a structure that they hate because he managed to make information available without putting the people who Want to get it out at risk. Chelsea Manning was a case apart, but uh, it wasn't uh, Assange in that situation. But it is to think of the two of them together and what they stand for and the kind of um, courage they've shown to celebrate the truth and make it available okay. it's just it is unparalleled unparalleled he's a he's a publisher of unparalleled, unparalleled uh, capacities and he's being punished for it
1: yes and i do think of them together because a she when she was not a she gave him the information uh, and he he ran with it, and I think this is exactly what we need to do. We need to share our insights and our you know sources and our courage uh, and pass that along to whoever can take us on the next link of the you know the race um, because actually it is a race, it's a race to secure our freedom of speech uh, and our lives. and without people like Julian uh, with the courage and the smarts, I mean he is incredibly intelligent, which is great. Without that, uh, we, we have little chance to actually know what is happening. I mean, how many people could actually gather all of that information, make sense of it, and pass it along in a form that we can use?
0: It becomes, and it, when you think about these two together, when you think about Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning, who... Became a woman in solitary, but never lost her uh, focus of the meaning uh, in life and what she was there for it is it is so troubling to me, Alice that these two extraordinary people that this woman that Chelsea Manning has demonstrated her commitment to truth and mm-hmm. And these are the people that are vilified, and these white guys, you know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to even mention any names, are still, you know, they can kill as many as they want, they're still walking around free, uh, exercising their constitutional rights. Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because they think they own them, just as they think they own us. But they don't, and that's what, you know, Julian and and Chelsea are, are demonstrating, you know, even though their lives are threatened. It's an incredible, incredibly beautiful thing that they are doing for us and for themselves because when you stand in your own truth, it's a light. I mean, this is shining, and it's very good for us.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, again, you're listening to Flashpoints. We're with Alice Walker. Uh, and I just want to let people know that, uh, for those of you listening in the Bay Area, and, and actually there are going to be actions all over the country and all over the world, uh, because, uh, Julian Assange has a hearing coming up, uh, next week, in about a week or 10 days, and, uh, This is going to determine whether he lives, essentially, really, whether he lives or dies. So people are gathering uh, in different places and they're celebrating, they're remembering, they're learning. People don't even are just beginning to understand the impact. A lot of journalists know the impact because they all used his material and then they forgot about him. Right. Uh, But uh, and and that's troubling (laughs) that's troubling too uh but this hearing is coming go on yes
1: no i mean it's how much we do forget you know and and it's not it's not all our fault we're basically fed more things than we can hold in our minds and in our memories so of course we forget but some things are very crucial to actually being able to live here and breathe as human beings and being able to speak your truth is a major thing that we must not let go of. And we must not let go of Julian because he has really accepted, you know, that that this could happen to him. It's, it's, you know, he that's part of his courage and his bravery, that he was not fooled. He didn't think that he just, you know, pulled the covers off these people and then he'd be fine. No. I mean, there is a history and he knows it. And so that's part of what I really, truly admire about anyone that you see what is, is you know daunting you see what is a challenge you see what could do you in, and you keep going you stand
0: up yeah well uh, people are going to be standing up again if you're in the Bay Area they're going to be standing up in front of the in Oakland mm-hmm. in front of the Grand Lake Theater uh, we thank the Grand Lake Theater uh, the organizers uh, wanted me to um, let uh, the organizers know that uh Uh, The the theater owners know that they very much appreciate having Julian Assange up there, free Julian Assange on the theater, on the marquee. Under that marquee, there's going to be uh, a teach-in, a whole bunch of activities starting at 12 o'clock on Saturday. And uh, again, uh, Jeff... uh, Mackler has asked me to, uh, tell you, remind you that this is what's going on, that he's hoping that many people will show up, stand up, speak out, call attention to this, uh, travesty of, um, justice. Uh, I'm Dennis Bernstein. Alice, I want to shift to the, uh, post, um, Trump, uh, era of express yourself. <laughs> White supremacy has a new life uh, in America. It's not like we know it's always been there. Uh, but what's going on now, uh, the, the you are a product of the South. Uh, you grew up in rural Georgia. You know this from the bottom up and from inside out. Um, you've been deeply engaged. What have you been thinking about as this stuff continues to surface where we see all the actions around uh you know going back to places we couldn't imagine we'd be in terms of voter restriction you know and the whole that that whole movement against uh rights for all people and white supremacy reigning i mean it's it's hard to you know believe that we are where we are now
1: well you have to remember though that not all white people think they're superior you know not all white people think they're supreme and they're right you know they're just human beings like the rest of us <clears throat> and we're all struggling to survive i think the people who are you know charging this uh, again this char- charging us up this mountain again are people who really uh are using it this is a I mean, there is, you know, hatred and, and, dis- and disdain, but there's also the need to shift our attention from some of the other things that are happening. Uh, and, and this is a tactic. They've used it before. When we seem to be, uh, you know, getting closer to understanding some major shift that's happening in society that we're not a part of, they start integrating and sometimes uh, lynching black people. Uh, or claiming that black people are doing whatever. And if they do that, your attention, in this country anyway, tends to go back to the track that it knows, which is racism and white supremacy. But what will happen, and you will see that eventually everybody will wake up and they'll realize that while they've been shooting black people, so many things that they thought they had nailed down, you know, like security... Have been washed away, um, and that that is what I see happening. So, you know, it, it's a tactic they've used it over and over. You know, people, some white people do have a lot of insecurity about you know how good they are as people, and so they think black people are somehow making them feel bad. Uh, but actually, it, it's deeper than that.
0: Please say more.
1: (laughs) Like what? How much more? I mean, you know, (laughs) just try to think Uh of it this way, really, that when when these things come up, um, it's a plan. You know, it's a plan. It's like somebody has a a plan that says, now we're going to be doing all this over here on the right side. And we need you to distract the people so we can get it done without interference. Like, for instance, maybe 5G, say. And if you just can keep everybody focused on, you know, white supremacy and black people and all of that, they won't even think about 5G. They won't even think about the monopoly of the uh, tech companies. They will not think about, you know, the government, which is who in the heck knows what is happening with our government. I mean, really, who is leading it? Uh There's so many things that... um you know people need to be distracted from and we're convenient we've always been convenient uh, the sad part is that you know our people are are, are, are humans and we suffer uh, but often it, it really is a tactic you know it's not it's not even that some of these people believe what they're doing is they kill you
0: right uh, that is uh, that is a fact um, and the uh, uh, i'm i have to be honest uh i'm more afraid than i've ever been before i i'm afraid for uh for all of us uh yes i it, it seems like this could swing way out of control very quickly
1: mhm well dennis it could You know, that's just the reality. That's America. That's a certain mentality. You know, that's, in this case, white supremacy, hoping that it is going to escape, you know, whatever disaster is is looming. But, of course, it won't. I mean, the disaster that's looming is so hard and and hideous and huge uh, that it's very probable that nobody will escape it, you know. I mean, I was just uh, posting a piece about uh, the United States and China you know, and how close yeah. they are to having a, a nuclear, you know, exchange. Uh, and if they really got going, they will wipe out everybody. Uh, so, so it's you know, it's 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 interesting, and I think it's useful to try to keep our eyes on all the layers of this. You know, otherwise we get stuck thinking that it really is about race. It's not really. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is and it isn't. But but they, you know, we can we can get along fine. We, we proved that in the '60s, the late '60s and the '70s, and we were having a really, you know, good strong effort at coexistence. You know, not everybody falls in love. I mean, some of us did, but you know, uh, but now uh, we have to look at you know where we are as a as a planet, and we are on the edge, and, and nature herself is just saying, you know, I'm really tired of these people. Uh and so yeah there's that too.
0: The it, it is um the 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 China bashing and of course you know, all these things, uh, these flare-ups are distractions. We, we've seen a very consistent policy. They call it the Pacific Pivot from the United States government. It's been really through four administrations where they, the idea is to create a, uh, a national security ring around China, you know, using the cruise, using Japan, uh, and they are talking more and more about this concept of full dominance, you know, about land, air, sea, and space. I shudder every time I see another spaceship go up because it feels like uh, the war effort uh, uh, sometimes in disguise, not so much sometimes.
1: Well, yeah, and also when you realize that they really don't know what they're doing, I mean, that's the most basic response that I have, that they really have no idea what they're doing, and they never have. And so, you know, they blow up, you know, people, and they blow up countries uh, as if we're not the same people in the same country, <laughs> you know, the country of Earth. I mean, it, it is it's just, it boggles the mind. Sometimes you wonder if they're actually from here, and I do wonder <laughs> that.
0: Uh, yeah. They can't seem to anticipate the nature of blowback, um, that it's all of us or none. Um, but oh, you're very but we... I'm sorry. No, no, go on, please.
1: No, I was just going to say <clears throat> there's a, an amount of wealth that you can have, I think, uh, that makes you feel impervious to whatever the blowback is. You know, you don't you don't feel like you're going to be blown back. Uh, just the millions of other people who don't have your, you know, little hiding place. Um, but I think the the planet is is basically so tired of you know being abused that even the ones with safety hatches uh, will find that you know life will find you wherever you are. You can run and hide. I think we used to have a spiritual about that.
0: We're speaking with Alice Walker, uh, we're talking politically here, and I, I guess, um, there really is, you know, the hope is in, uh, in the, I, I do believe still as well that the hope is in the human soul, uh, if we can just manage to, uh, Continue to educate each other and to, as you say, to, to not be taken over by the chaos, uh, but to sort of really keep an eye on what's happening. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm more hopeful than I'm not hopeful, but I am, I, 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 again, I'm, I've never seen it quite this volatile at a global level. You know, the, the, you know, the way in which the, the pandemic was turned into a um uh, a weapon uh could lead us you know become a weapon of mass destruction in the sense that uh, you know it's used as an excuse to make war um you know the it it's true that trump bashed the hell out of china but um every administration before and since in modern administration has uh, taken the same path um and china's busy building roads and bridges and stuff like that and we're busy you know making the next generation of nuclear weapons so and and the the chinese aren't going to sit around and watch us do it so
1: you know just you know, this- going to post very soon. It really is very thought-provoking, and it's about what it's like to have that kind of history, you know, that five or more thousand-year-old history of rising and falling and, and, you know, being attacked and, you know, fighting back and building, you know, whatever, uh, to protect your, yourself. So... Uh, The the fact is that China and the Chinese people, you know, have a much more cohesive sense of how to to, to really uh, protect themselves. Uh, No matter how many armaments the United States and and other countries may, you know, send toward them. uh, These are people who are, are, you know, thousands of years into protecting themselves and fighting, you know, enemies. Yes. Uh, And I think that it would do well
0: for our people to take that into account. I mean, they're not going to just roll over. Right. Uh, All right. Uh, You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're speaking with Pulitzer Prize winning author Alice Walker. Uh, And we're talking about lots of things. Uh, I hope it's okay, Alice. I'd like to take a musical break and then... Uh, turn the conversation literary I, I would love to talk to you about uh, Zora Neale Hurston and uh, tell people I'm sure there are many people listening to this show who have never read a single thing by Zora Neale Hurston and I want to help change that <laughs> so that's hard uh,
1: to uh, leave <laughs> after all this all these years it's really hard to leave but you know if that's the reality let's deal with it
0: I think it is the reality not for me, but it's it, you know it's a worthy cause. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back. Hey, hey what's you Brother, uh, what's
2: Brother, brother, there's far too many of you that You know we've got the mind to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate.
0: to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Bernstein. We're speaking with Alice Walker today. Uh, And uh, we've been talking about a lot of different things. Uh, But I I wanted to talk just a little bit. I I hardly ever get a chance to talk about uh, writing and writers. And uh, essentially for me, Alice, it's uh, writers like Zora Neale Hurston and you and some others that really changed my life and i you know i when after reading their eyes were watching god I, I don't think i could ever be the same uh i didn't know that somebody could write a book like that that there was that experience and of course it brought me diving deeply into zero Hurst and the whole history of the whole a discovery of how somebody could be sidelined and forgotten uh uh, until somebody such as yourself comes along and you, you for people who don't know, you, maybe you could just briefly tell the story, but you, she was, no, her, then she was, a, yes.
1: She, and uh, she was canceled. Zora <clears throat> so was yes. canceled. And there she you have canceled. it. She was canceled. was canceled. Now, how did they do that? They did that by planning a story in a newspaper that she had abused a seven-year-old boy. Meanwhile, the boy was in, I think, somewhere in New York, and she was in Honduras. So, you know, I don't know how she was supposed to be doing that, but that's the lie that they used to basically cancel her. Uh, and this is, you know, this hasn't let up. I mean, this is this is what people do. And so we today we look back and we read her and we go, oh, my God, how could they do that? Well, that's how they do that. They do it today. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so she was heartbroken, distraught, disturbed. Half half mad, you know, with grief and, and just, you know, how would you feel if someone just said something that was just outrageously wrong about you? So her work went, you know, downhill, I mean, her, in terms of the public. Uh, and she ended up at some point, not ended up, but at some point, she had so little money <clears throat> that she was working as a maid down in Florida for this white wow. family. Yes, and 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 but here's the here's the, it's not it's not a sin to have to work for your living. I don't care what you're doing, but a bright a black intellectual writer said that that was probably what she deserved. Now that's 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 when your heart breaks.
0: Indeed, uh, uh, given uh, the power of the spirit, I um, will never forget you. You marked the unmarked grave uh, with the Marcus Zora Neale Hurston, a genius of the South, novelist, folklorist, anthropologist. Uh, she was a genius, and she was extraordinary in the sense that f- she grew up in an all-black township. She grew up with all positive. Images of black people before they were uh, degraded and destroyed uh, by various levels of racism. She she created well, hold images. Hold on, yeah. hold, on
1: okay. hold on. No, oh, no, no, that's okay. not quite so. Okay. She grew up being the full spectrum. There were some terrible people in her community. You know, there were some some. You know, I mean, it was community. It was like you had everybody, and that's the truth. Uh, that's the reality of life. And so she, I mean, for instance, old old uh, the, the guy who owned the store, you know, was horrible to his wife. I mean, in real life, and that's what she observed, and that's part of the reason in her book she made sure that the wife, uh, you know, let him die and, and left. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so true. You know, it's a, her, her work is so true, and that's the beauty of it. And 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 actually, the you know what we should remember is that she was so canceled that nobody knew where she was buried. You know, that nobody knew where this woman was buried. And trying to find her grave and then and finding it by by basically falling into it uh, was was an experience. You know, it was an experience that is that has taught me. You know, just what adulation means, you know, just what people's praise means and what their censor means. All of it means very little because it can be taken away very quickly by somebody's, you know, false word. And that is partly, you know, what happens to people. And is is something that we should not accept.
0: Uh, and in this case, it was such it was so devastating because the you know, the work that she was engaged in the both the you know st- the idea of studying with Franz Boas at Columbia being an a- being an anthropologist you know telling uh, making discoveries uh that were really revolutionary and you know she she really pushed the limits in terms of um uh, the The kind of shared experience, And I guess when I was thinking about her and growing up, I think the powerful point is that for for better or worse, all the imagery was black the ma you know the mayor, the police chief she had uh, unlike most black people in America, she grew up in a black township, so that was for better or worse, she had a whole community, a whole community that she could see.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: that was very important. Yeah, it was very important for her. Uh, and in that in that way, she was also a medicine for us. I mean, she was a medicine because she had that one ingredient of having lived that kind of life, and she could share that with us. And then we could go, "Oh, yeah, then that's possible." Otherwise, how would you know? You know, how would you know in this country that has done everything to keep black people from having agency of that
0: sort? Yeah um well um i i just <laughs> highly recommend that people pick up about 10 books um and if you haven't read Zora Neale Hurston, and again, I I know this is sort of surprising to some, but you know, I, I, I get in discussions and I say, you know, so who are you reading, or who's your favorite reader, or who, you know, whatever, and have you ever heard of Zora Neale Hurston? And I'm surprised, and maybe they'll say, oh yeah, I heard something about that. Have you ever read? How, what how would you um how would you rate or um recommend, if you will? Uh, their eyes are watching God. Well, what do you say about a book like that to people?
1: Uh, well, I taught to, it first to get at, them, at yes. I taught it first at Wellesley, and you would think—I mean, where I created created a whole course on Black women writers, and with a few white women writers thrown in. Um, but I—I I was determined to to figure out and to discover whether you know these white upper class uh, students basically. Could really hang with the language. And guess what? They they hung beautifully. And they got it, they loved it, you know. And see, that's the other problem we have had, I think, as people of color. We often feel, because we've been made to feel, that the way we express ourselves, well, there's something just wrong with it, nobody will understand it. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, if if it's beautiful and beautifully done and offered with this incredible flair and flourish and love that she had and just freedom of being of course anybody who's free and alive will, will respond you know they may have to work for the first three pages but after that you know they're flying
0: yeah I mean it's just it's naturalist breathing I'll tell you it's a lot easier for me to read their eyes are watching God than James Joyce's Ulysses <laughs>
1: I'm happy to hear that, Dennis. I had a thought about my own self. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: You know, uh, but uh, yes, uh, and I, 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 you know, it was just as, and the amazing part of discovering Neale Hurston is that it was, you know, it was the thing about the writing and how, and those short stories and, you know, all this, so much incredible stuff. Uh, but then the politics got me. Uh, and yes. as you lay it out, that that somebody like this could be treated like this. And I, you know, I should, you know, my friends would say, why are you surprised? What's surprising about this? Where have you been for the last 200 years? But I, I... I still, I think maybe that's a bit of my saving grace that I'm still vulnerable <laughs> and I'm still thinking and hoping uh, that it, it wouldn't be as bad as it is. Um so
1: I think but the, the surprise, yeah. though, is that people did this. It, you know, the, the white people, you know, kind of laid in the cut and they were kind of waiting. But it was basically the black people who... For whatever reason, you know, embarrassment that she, you know, said we didn't talk like white people. You know, we didn't do stuff. I mean, we didn't. Th- she didn't think that integration was all that great either. I mean, she was very much in favor of black people having their own everything, and and you know, and, and really honoring their own traditions. And they hated her for that because how dare you be so backward? You know, we the other, you know, people were saying, oh, no, we want to integrate because, you know, they got all the good stuff. Well, they had the stuff, but they didn't have the soul. And that's yes. what she was. He said, okay, they, they do have, you know, they've taken all the everything, the land, the buildings, they you know, the workers, you know, the death. Uh, and we could join all of that. We could sit up in their, their stolen properties, but actually they don't have soul. And why do we want to go and lose our soul in order to sit up <laughs> there? No
0: yeah, she was sort of a segregationist. She, in a way, she 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 came down politically with uh, some of the southern senators that no, we no, no, but love it's, to it's hate. It's
1: not the same. It's not the same, Dennis, and that's why I they, were,
0: they were confused. they were confused. Right?
1: They thought just what you're saying, but that's not what she was saying. She right. wasn't saying she had white friends, you know, who loved her to death, and she loved them back. Uh, but she was saying that this is ours, we have something that is ours, let's keep it. Yes. And if we dilute it by going where we're not want it, and having our heads and hearts broken, what good does that do? And I think today there are people, black people, people of color, who understand this perfectly. We want to keep what we have. We have soul, we have heart, and we have damn good music. And I really feel that some, some of the, the struggles that we've been through in order to integrate have really hurt us deeply. And I'm not saying let's not have any, but I, I'm saying acknowledge that, that, that we have been at war trying to be whole in this country. Wholeness mean, meaning being a whole human being situation, you know. I hate the word integration and the word segregation because they're so clumsy. Really? I much words that speak to unity you know and heart and growth you know as as beings who who are you know halfway worthy of being on this planet and that's where she was coming from and she knew that we we had everything in our quote race you know did you know that we used to call ourselves the opposite race or them the opposite
2: race
1: (laughs) 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 people are the opposite race
0: (laughs) Uh, no, I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it can get. I mean, that is how it can get. It can get to the point where people are actually thinking that there is such a thing as an opposite race.
0: Where do you think this goes now? Well, where, where, where... <laughs>
2: It goes Big anywhere questions. you want to go,
1: you have a <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, and, uh, without a sense of humor, it's, it's straight downhill. But with <laughs> a sense of humor, uh, you can actually take some flights, you know, into a different kind of reality, and, such as in living well, you know, seeing to your own soul, you know, and your own peace, and, and what you would like to see in the world and working on that. But it doesn't help to despair. It really doesn't. There's just no point. Uh, we will either survive or we won't. Um, and and I, every day, am just thankful that we live on this planet. It's incredibly gorgeous. I love it.
0: You know, when I first saw the title of the children's book, I, you know, you probably know I have profound dyslexia, and I still struggle with it all the time. But when I saw the title... I thought the first read was sweet potatoes are everywhere. And I thought, yeah, I that's no. If only No it's <laughs> if only, you know, I
1: you know, nowadays there are things you, you see and you read that you just can't bear to see and you can't bear to read, like I just saw something that said the the babies of Yemen are so hungry they're eating their hands. Oh, you know. Right. Now how are we supposed to to live with that? You know? Or, or, or my friend from Israel who, who works in the peace movement sent me something today that called hunting and killing children. And with a long, you know, list of, of you know, hunted and killed children. Now, what does to do with that? You know, I mean, just, just emotionally, it's devastating. Uh, but on the other hand, I feel that we have to remember that even with all the evil in the world and in whatever struggle we're in, this place is still so incredible that it, you know we owe it our allegiance, our love, our dedication, and everything. And we have to just really keep going and trying to make it, you know, a place for everyone.
0: I, I really believe that I. You know, Alice, I I love to write poetry. I I every day at five o'clock I wake up in the morning and try and do three hours before the first person calls me up and makes me cry. But yes. in the in the process of that, I'm trying to hold. If I can't make something beautiful, I'm trying to hold something beautiful. You know, let the texture uh, rub off on me to uh, find a way to feel good enough to try and make change to try and do things I mean we we're both very interested in among other things at the moment trying to free Julian Assange he's done wonderful people uh, wonderful things he's helped to stop wars Um, that's an incredibly beautiful uh, mission that he took on and the way he went about doing it was extraordinary I, I, I think that's why I can't sleep nights when i'm thinking about uh the fact that we could lose this person who was such a truth teller who really made a difference who helped to end a war um and you know it's it's sometimes hard to really keep it front and center
1: Dennis, we will not lose him we will not lose him no matter what happens I mean, and, and just in the in the way that you get up in the morning and you write your poems, and you send me one every once in a while, that keeps me going. That and 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 Julian, you know, I'm sure he is as busy as they can let him be in that prison. He hasn't stopped, and his spirit, that spirit, you know, as as in your poetry writing spirit, it will never die. It will never go, and we can hold on to that, you know. And when I leave here in this body, I feel certain that the spirit that is me will not be going anywhere. And so that is really reassuring.
0: I can hear that, especially coming from you. Um, Alice, is there anything else you'd like to say to, to our audience? We are we have been delighted to have you with us. Um, Guess uh, what? Guinness. Guess what? It's
1: what? raining. It's raining. Yes.
0: Yes, Riding. I say, You know, here in the city, too. I, what does so rain ahead. mean? You're, you're living in the country. You're, you're growing stuff, I, a, I guess.
1: It is so beautiful. It is so wet. It is so extraordinary. I just can hardly stand it. It's so great.
0: <laughs> the rain. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, that's a wonderful, positive note. Uh, to leave it on. Uh, Alice, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, to be a, a supporter of Pacifica Radio and to take all the stands you take. We didn't even, I don't know how we got through <laughs> without mentioning Palestine, but we know where our hearts are uh, when, that, uh, when it comes down to it. And uh, if there's ever a defining story that's ongoing that needs to be dealt with, uh, it starts there uh, with the liberation of Palestine, which I know you've been involved with. That's a story for another uh, interview. Please stay safe uh, and um, come back and talk to us again.
1: I would love to. Take care, Dennis.
0: All right. Bye-bye. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're going to take a short musical break. I'm going to come back and talk to you a little bit. Stay with us. Free!
2: Free! Free Free, free, free As a journalist, I saw the we could achieve a lot of reform with a little bit of work. In some cases, one classified video can possibly stop a war. A military chopper opens fire Instruments of genocide WikiLeaks unmask the lies Of orders queued by central command video nails, the murder scene down, Julian told the truth about the war machine, it's getting late in the hour, don't wait another minute. That wraps it up for another episode of Flashpoints. Our executive producer is Dennis Bernstein. Senior producers are Miguel Gavilan Molina and Kevin Pina. Technical director is Mike Biggs. For previous episodes, go to kpfa.org or flashpoints.net. For questions or
0: comments, email dennis at kpfa.org. Thank you for listening.